Welcome to the Franchise Show 247 podcast, the home of franchising news and advice. Listen as we chat to industry leaders about the topics that are facing franchisees today and discover more about the world of franchising. So welcome to Franchise Show 247 Community Platform. I'm Katie and today I'm joined with Claire from In Home Care. So welcome Claire, um, it's lovely to speak to you. It's great to have you on the platform. Um, how are you? How's everything going for you? Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me, Katie. Yeah, um, everything is going well. We're doing good. I think we're really kind of feeling really thankful that we are in an industry um, that's, that's actually still here um, and still going and actually going quite well. So we feel very lucky. So, yeah, it's, it's going OK, obviously. Mm-hmm. And And... What I'd like to ask you, first of all, and obviously our listeners would really be interested, is to say how you started as a franchisor and, and what why you became a franchisor in the, in, the, in the first place. I used to work at a really large radio station and um, I had a friend um, that was talking to some guys about buying into a bankruptcy franchise. And um, this is a long story. And the, the franchise... <laughs> I was like, look, don't don't get involved. She was younger. And uh, don't get involved. Let me come down with you and check it out. Anyway, I ended up buying into this bankruptcy franchise um, and helping people um, and businesses actually turn themselves around um, and get themselves out of debt, back on track um, with their business. Um, which was a really, really good concept, really good um, franchise idea. And the guys that actually ran this this, uh, franchise business were really good as well in what they did. The problem was they didn't own the website that we had the franchise leads in from. So so it wasn't a good franchise because it wasn't, it didn't have, it wasn't robust. Uh, So basically, as soon as I, um, as soon as I uh, started this franchise, uh, luckily enough for me, Paul, who's now my, um, partner in 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 home care he was a good chap and he had been uh he had been involved in this franchise for a year before me so he had paid up and paid his franchise a year before I joined so he had actually learned an awful lot about um insolvency and and how to help people and get out of debt and turn businesses around so he kind of like, I was in a bit of a meltdown, I suppose, because I was like, oh my God, I've handed all this money over and now it's all going to go to pot and I, you know, I'm going to lose my house and I'm going to lose everything. And, you know, I had uh, smaller children at the time. And so that was all a little, very traumatic for me. And so, like I say, so luckily for me, Paul was amazing and he kind of really supported me and kept us afloat, uh, kept me afloat really. Um, and and genuine, which was um, lovely because you don't meet loads of genuine people in your life as it is. So um, we ended up being really successful at this. And we uh, took on board a load of other debt management companies from mostly from up north, which they generally are. um, Loads of debt management companies who passed across to us um, bankruptcy um bankruptcy leads that didn't fit debt management or IVA 
um, and that could be involving businesses as well. Um, and, and we also worked with some insolvency uh, practitioners. Um, and we actually did this for six years. So we were going around and helping businesses turn around and get back on track. And during this period of time, um, Paul's mum was diagnosed with dementia. And my mum-in-law, um, who lived on the same road as me, was actually diagnosed with breast cancer, which then turned into bone cancer. And we had all of this going on in the background and we were still busy doing our, our, our business. Um, and then Paul didn't usually talk a lot about all of what was happening in his personal life um, with regards to his mum. And then one day he came into the office, we were working in Whiteley in Southampton. And he came back to the office one day and he just looked drained, absolutely drained and really sad. And and I just kind of like pushed my chair back and I said, oh, hang on a minute, like, tell me what's going on. And he said, well, you know, my mum's been moved into a nursing home and she's now 50 miles away. And I was just really like, OK, so what does this mean? How's you know, I think it really shocked me because I had never experienced um a relative going into care into a care home into the care system and it was all new anyway because to us because um like my mum-in-law um this was all new and she was being cared for at home so it everything was new regards care and me and Paul didn't know anything about it so her, his mum had basically been taken over by social services her care um, because she she wasn't private funded so she was going into the social care system but but also on top of that you have the power of attorney so the power of attorney you have over the health and the wealth and you can have either or or both um, and again we didn't really understand the power of attorney over health which Paul didn't have he had it over the finance but not over the health so that what that really means is you lose control as a family um, once once you are deemed to have um, no capacity to actually think for yourself um, then you're basically your social the social services take over so they took over her care and put her into any nursing home they felt was appropriate for his Which mum. Which was miles away. One of them was miles away. I mean, she was literally shocked, shipped from nursing home to nursing home over a, 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 well, a few months, really, over a year or so, months. Um, and I think I, I said to him that day, I said, hang on a minute, so... So what, where's your mum's stuff? Where's her, all her stuff, all her ornaments? Where's the photographs? Or where's the house? Where is everything? What happens? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I literally don't know. What happens? So somebody's diagnosed with dementia, then they can't fend for themselves. They can't think for themselves. They're not safe to think for themselves. What happens? And he said, well, the house is gone house is gone everything in there literally has gone it's all gone to like either to family and um or they've gone into uh like taken to by the man in the van you know one of these kind of guys that come around and collect everything the house is sold 
um, there was no money in the house and your mum's got dementia, which means she's already scared because also like once you're going through with the dementia, um, you do have lucid moments wow. and thought, wow, you know, like in a home that she doesn't recognise with people she doesn't have a clue about um, and there is nothing and then she's there with um said like i said what's your mum got with her has she got anything there with the like ornaments and he said well she's literally got a portable television and a suitcase and i just thought oh my god i just thought oh my god so you go through this full life you know you meet your husband or your, your partner and um, you have a family you have children you have this life and then just you are there have this horrible horrible illness with in dementia or any illness really that you can't manage at home by yourself you are then thrust into this world that is basically it's not your world it's it's well, not yeah. horrible yeah and so that's how you came about doing in-home care well, yes in, in a sense sorry yeah. I long didn't I so basically, um, whilst we were doing all of this, and Marion um, as well, my, my mum-in-law down the road, um, she was having trouble having, her husband was looking after her. They had too much money. Right. Uh, so they were never offered any care because social, they had too much money to qualify yeah. for social services. Mm -hmm. And then they... Uh, he needed care to come in overnight so that he could actually get some sleep. She was basically dying in her armchair in the front room over a period of like six months. And he did not have any support whatsoever other than the family. And that was um, like the other side of this. Yes, there's two aspects, you know, there's one there and then one there, so yeah. It, yeah, it's, it was really like poles apart. And I remember him asking the district nurses one day when they came in to check her um, if there was any possibility of him getting some care in overnight so that she, he could actually sleep and, and they could, you know, and, and, and be, you know, sort it the next day out and help yeah, yeah. her. Um, and they said, no. They said, no, I'm really sorry. Um, there isn't anybody available. Um, the local hospice, you know, she can go into there. Um, but he said, well, she doesn't want to go into a hospice. Um, we had no hospital bed put in place. We had no mobility equipment. We had nothing. There was nothing. And we didn't know where to turn. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is really awful. And then... We went, we came across in our business, a couple of care companies that had been going for many years, one since the seventies. And um, we went to see them one night and uh, this particular company. And when we were driving back from the house that night, they had to go insolvent. Sorry, I should have said that. They had to go insolvent because of social services um, and payment issues. And there was a load of stuff. Um, so basically they had to go insolvent and we were driving back from this meeting that night and um, I said to, to Paul, oh my God, there's a couple of things that have happened tonight that I'm really shocked about. One is that private care is a thing 
like you can buy private care in like you would buy a house cleaner in or a window cleaner um, but nobody has ever told us that home care exists not the district nurses not the gps not nobody hospitals nobody um and and the other thing i was really shocked about is how uncaring these this particular um company family were and they were didn't care about the fact they were going insolvent and they were just going to set up again and they didn't care that the carers weren't going to be without a job or that the clients were going to be without carers and they had no intention of paying these people um for the for the money at the end of the day and they wanted to pocket it themselves and then go insolvent which was immoral and i was really shocked about that um and I said to Paul, you know, wow, you know, like nobody told us about this and we need to start a care company. Yeah. And um, he was like, no, we're not doing that. You know, we're busy enough as it is. We were going all over England at the time and Wales. Um, and I said, no, we really do have to start a care company because I don't think other people know about this. Yeah. And, and that's why In Home Care started. Well, that, I mean, that from uh, your background experience with uh, companies and stuff, but then to start up a company because of your personal, you know, experiences and, and, you know, what you saw as well, you know, I, that's amazing. And it's great that the fact is that you've formed this to help others and also to, uh, you know, get the information out there, which is really important. Like you said, you didn't know about it. Your partner didn't know about it. And, and I, I think that is a you know a real key point about spreading the word and basically educating people on these matters because you know a lot of people you know are affected by these and so uh, it's um it's quite scary to think that you know that you have got that option but no one tells you about it that's it's really, really scary really scary when your loved ones are you know so poorly and, and you don't think there's another option but actually there is so yeah not even like having you know not having the right equipment in place you know yeah. there's, there's many times we are asked to take home a client from hospital now um, and we will say look you know you guys you need to get the right equipment in place for this person to come home safely and we won't take a care package on unless the proper equipment is put in place but the families don't know that the families just accept that person home yeah, and also because emotions and they don't know, well, they might have never experienced that before. They kind of just go with the flow, I guess. And we will fight their corner, you see, and, and sometimes it is a fight because, you know, it's all extra things, extra effort, extra resources that need to be put in place. But to, to me, and I, and I know to the team, because we've got an amazing team, we employ about 200 people now, um and they all are very strong characters and mostly women um you know that's not to say i just don't know why we don't get attract more men but you know there's a very small amount of men but i think it's the same in the nhs um you know we're all really quite feisty women and we were like fight our corner and the yeah. client corner and um, and we just feel that that is part of what we do as a company um, is to, to help and guide our customers as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and with obviously COVID, 
last year and everything. Now we're into 2021. You know, what what's what can you see happening? Have you got any kind of forecast? What you you know you think that's going to happen this year in terms of in-home care and and them expanding ability? Well, well, since we've um, well, when we when we first started um, ourselves, obviously there was a lot of learning curve to go through. Um, we we did go through that learning curve. We opened a couple of pilot um, schemes up ourselves, so we've got three branches before we even started franchising. When we we always knew we would start franchising at some point, and that's how we wanted to build our brand. Mm-hmm. So when we started franchising, which was about eighteen months ago. Um, since then we've sold seven and we are already speaking to you this year about three people so we do expect to have a quite a good year I think franchising anyway is quite a, a growth industry yeah. uh, and I know that the healthcare home care industry is also a very high growth industry we had so much media attention this last year although covid could be about seen as a very negative i always try and take positives out of everything and and the positiveness that has come i mean literally every single day we've seen home care on the news yeah. which is never it's never been done before no and um, even when we first started we used to sit television think for goodness sake you know they all always talk about home, uh, care homes nursing homes but they never mentioned home care and now we do see it mentioned and that's amazing so to have you know that visibility for home care workers and how what an amazing job they do is is great and for the public to know that that's there as well as part of our educating the public as well yeah exactly that just brings you back to the point about educating people and and providing the options to people when they you know hopefully they don't come into those situations but when they do they have those options and they have the information that they need so i think that's yeah i think it's uh, great with what you're doing and i'm so happy that you're on the uh franchise show 247 community platform please keep sharing your blogs and your seminars and and educating the community because obviously we share that through social media as well. So thank you so much for um, sharing your experience today and your journey as a franchisor. And um, thank you um, ever so much and we'll see you soon. Okay then, thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Franchise Show 247. For more information, please visit www.franchiseshow247.com. Want to feature in a future episode of the Franchise Show 247 podcast? Click on the link in the bio to find out how you can get involved.